Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. As always, thank you for tuning in. Hello, my name is Ben Bullen, and I am, uh, I, I, I don't know if I'm addicted, but I'm going through a, a real serious shopping online phase. What about you guys? You know, can you hear my squeaky chair, you guys? Yes. Can totally hear it. Do you think they ship me a chair? Is that a thing you can order online, or is that too big? Well, I have to put it together myself because I'm not down with that. What do you think? You can order them online. I think assembly would be required. And I also think, yes, they probably would not ship it at this point. I can do some assembly. I can't. I mean, you know, if you can send me, I'll put on the wheels, but I don't want to like have to put the back on the chair. You know what I mean? I need a nice middle ground level of assembly. Uh, I love I love building furniture, Noel. Uh, that's you. You're Noel Brown. That's me. That's me. <laughs> so, uh, so if you ever have furniture you want built uh, and you have some kit or something, I will totally do it. That stuff's fun for me. It's like Legos. It is true. It is true. It is like Legos. I don't mind building like an Ikea thing. I got an Ikea bed with like the drawers underneath and those drawers were a real pain in the butt to get in place, but really glad I, I did it. I very much like my Ikea schwarn. Um, <laughs> but no, I've been doing a ton of online shopping, Ben. Just, you know, it's like, it, it's it's sort of an endorphin rush kind of. I think we're like, you know, giving ourselves these brain chemical rewards by shopping online because it's just that instant gratification, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. I don't know about you, super producer Casey Pegram. Have you been ordering stuff online as well? I've actually just stuck mostly to like groceries and, you know, the occasional takeout order. Not too much uh, in the way of like buying stuff. I usually buy way more than I have been buying recently. But it is nice to have at least like one or two things that are pending. You can kind of look forward to it uh, it sort of differentiates the days a little bit when you get something in the mail. So um, a little bit, but but not as much as uh, it sounds like you guys are. Wait, wait. So you're ordering things online to help you remember what day it is? Just to no, no, not so much to remember the day. But it's like if it's if it's coming on Friday and it's Monday, it's like ooh, well Friday I'm going to get a thing, and uh. that will 
that will sort of break up the monotony, the Groundhog Dayness of um, you know every other day of quarantines. Yeah, just to mock the passage of time, like a like a prisoner making a hash mark on the the wall mm. uh, every day or something. Uh, I made a really weird online order today, just a very crazy grab bag. I ordered uh, some LED wall strip lights for my daughter's room. A uh, a new shower curtain, kind of an artsy shower curtain. I wanted to jazz up my bathroom a little bit and a liner and i ordered a new toilet seat because mine is is, is beyond repair it's beyond help you can't just the level of uh grime on it is not coming off with a scrub anymore so i want to just get a little refresh for the old there bathroom during during these lock-in days yeah invest in yourself i like that let's see i've ordered uh guitar strings uh raspberry pi homebrew kind of emulator thing uh, a book that uh, that I love called Around the World in 80 Trees or something like that. Uh, and then I've also, I'm thinking of like the weirdest stuff I've ordered. Magnetic strips for various non-sketchy reasons, stuff like that. Uh, you know, we should ask folks, you listening along at home, uh, what, what are some of the weird things you've been ordering online? And uh, what's the weirdest thing you've ever ordered in the past? Also, maybe why are we asking about online ordering? There's a reason. It's, it, it is, in fact, a sequitur. It's not a non sequitur. Um, because, you know, we take for granted how with a click of a mouse, we can literally get everything from magnetic strips to guitar strings to toilet seats. Um, but back in the day, this was a revolutionary idea. And, of course, there was no such thing as the Internet. So it had to use this thing we used to use uh, called paper, where you read, like, words that were printed on it, accompanied by vibrant illustrations that sort of created this this kind of culture of uh, the American dream and this aspirational notion of like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and all that, having to have the things that were depicted in the pages of the Sears catalog. Ah, yes, there we have it. The Sears catalog. Now, longtime listeners, fellow ridiculous historians, you may remember earlier when the three of us dove into the strange story of our office building, which was once a itself a Sears. Uh, Sears played a huge role in uh, American culture. And I like the point you made, Noel, about the American dream aspect. People are kind of, yeah, they're buying pants or even in some cases, true story, houses. But really, they're, they're sort of purchasing a share of this ideal, you know, and Sears and its catalog changed the world. It's the predecessor of online ordering. And we can only imagine without ourselves being neurologists, that when people ordered stuff from a Sears catalog, they also got that same rush of feel-good chemicals. And it became like this, this bedrock of American commerce. You know, it's, it's weird because we talked about this in our previous episode. These days, a, a lot of us think of Sears as kind of like a cautionary tale about the woes of brick and mortar stores and retail in general, right? It, it filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy. Uh, and it's often now kind of portrayed as like this capitalist wasteland or something, you know, you walk into a, a, a Sears and it's abandoned, but like you said, no, at one time, this publication, the Sears catalog was like, might as well have been a best-selling book. 
Yeah, it's true. New York Times has a fabulous article about the history of Sears leading up to this Chapter 11 bankruptcy you mentioned, um, and, and makes a really good point of how many not only brands it was responsible for launching uh, and elevating, ones that have far outlasted uh, the Sears brand um, in terms of you know still being kind of relevant, but also authors and artists uh, creating this platform where you know these creatives were able to thrive and uh, a medium where their work was reaching you know millions and millions of people because the Sears catalog was uh, a must must have item everyone wanted it even if you couldn't afford the things that were in it you had the catalog it was sort of like you know browsing window shopping you know from your home in rural America we talked about that in the uh, Sears catalog episode about how popular it was in rural America even if folks weren't buying the stuff inside of them. But uh, folks like Edgar Rice Burroughs, who wrote the Tarzan books, was a copywriter. And uh, Lauren Bacall was a model uh, for the Sears catalog. And the list goes on. Uh, I always think of some of the images, uh, the kind of illustrative um, sort of Norman Rockwell-esque kind of images of families and stuff. And that's really what sold a lot of Americans on this notion of what the American dream really looked like. Uh, and it wasn't limited to just this kind of aspirational window shopping. Turns out it actually played a pretty interesting part in Spycraft and the activities of the sea. I A, uh, and this story begins with a man by the name of John Wyant. Yes, the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, named in sincerity, not satire. We should note this is really fascinating because we said Sears went global, but maybe, maybe not in the way most people might assume. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. 
I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos, and the last one, God bless it, I just I I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally, but it, it still was like a a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now. Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. John Wyant was an intelligence agent, and he was deep in the game. He was deep in the spy game. And according to him, the Sears catalog was a, quote, almost obligatory thing to have with you because, you see, they ran into a pickle in Vietnam. They were uh, conducting reconnaissance efforts during the Vietnam War, and they wanted insiders, they wanted natives, locals, to help gather information, especially along the border with Laos. Uh, John arrived in the area in 1966, right, in central Vietnam. And at this time, American involvement in the war is starting to escalate. This is just a year after the U.S. had deployed, what, 200,000 Marines to the country and started bombing the north part of the country. And so he John takes over this small operation where Vietnam agents are bringing in, uh, you know, insider info about the activities of the Viet Cong. Yeah, he was stationed in a place called Hue, uh, I guess a village or a city, really. It was in central Vietnam, and it was a pretty wealthy place. It was lots of palaces there, um, and it was a stronghold for the American war effort there in Vietnam, specifically the, the intelligence side of things. And they had, uh, we had, the U.S. had deployed 200,000 Marines uh, and were bombing northern Vietnam. Um, he was in charge of kind of maintaining this relationship between the border of Vietnam and Cambodia. Um, and he got to Hue in September of 1966, uh, and he became kind of the handler of the handlers, um, of the folks who were getting information from villagers, from, from locals, uh, about the Viet Cong and their movements and their activities. And this was dangerous work. I mean, these folks were essentially, uh, what do you call them, snitches? I guess. And you know what happens with snitches? They they end up in in stitches. Uh, and so this was very, very dangerous for these folks to uh, be doing this work in these North Vietnamese secret zones, which were along the border with Laos. Um, and a lot of these folks that were uh, signing up for this kind of dangerous work certainly weren't going to do it for free. Um, they were uh, agrarian 
types. They they were farmers. They were hand making uh, charcoal, for example, or farming and gathering uh, materials to make furniture. Uh, you know, like hand make furniture and crafts, like rattan, which is a I believe been a, the the stem of a palm tree of some kind. Yep. Yeah, so uh, they were a kind of a barter-based system. Uh, the um, the currency, which was known as the piaster, which I'd never heard before, uh, which was the national currency, wasn't really something that entered into their uh, their economic activities at all. They would trade with other um, agrarian workers, and so why would it be any different when they wanted to get paid by the CIA for doing these covert ops? Right. These uh, these folks are not working for free. You know, there are a couple of different motivations for a spy, right, or for an asset. One motivation would be blackmail or extortion, right? Another motivation would be idealism, help us overthrow the government that you hate. And then, of course, a third motivation will be good old self-interest. Let me have money. Let me have power. Let me have stuff. And John ran into a problem because they needed to figure out a way to pay these spies, these assets. It's similar to uh, the Pepsi deal with the USSR. Uh, you know, they couldn't get the currency to work. So the weirdest thing happened. The CIA and these other intelligence officers, you know, they, they do things any foreign visitor would do. They buy meals, they go to hotels, they rent cars. And they'll also foot the bill for people who are working under their purview. But these folks that uh, were in these secret zones that Wyant was was trying to work with, they were in a barter system. You know, uh, they didn't really want a huge stack of cash, uh, and it, it the onus of figuring out what these people want fell onto the agents. The, the farmers, the agrarian people that they're speaking with barely use money. They rarely use it. You know, they, they trade what they've created with things that other people create, right? And they notice that the agents or the assets they're trying to work with don't really want to get paid in the local currency, piasters. And they don't want to get paid because local authorities, local district chiefs, are putting a 33% tax on their income. And the tax that people were paying was disincentivizing these agents. They were doing less work. And then there was also like, why should I put in an effort when I'm only getting two thirds of what you guys said you were going to pay me? And then one of Wyant's best handlers, according to an article he wrote about this event in Studies and in Intelligence, uh, one of his best agents had an unusual idea. He said, you know what? Instead of giving this one of my assets a local currency that they're going to be taxed on, let me get him this slick canvas hat. And the guy loved it. He loved it more than money. <laughs> exactly. And let's, you know, let's not forget, that's a pretty practical thing. It's hot there. You know, it would, it would keep protect them from getting the sun beaten down on them or whatever. And this was an entirely new idea. They'd done things like pay operatives with like bags of rice and other kinds of things that were just practical they could use. But it's when they start getting into the kind of uh, that Norman Rockwell American aspirational idealism that the Sears catalog represented that things start to get a little interesting, right? <laughs> 
Um, he gets this idea of what if uh, we kind of created a system of currency based on items found in the Sears catalog, like tiers of things. So for like a 20 day, you know, recon mission, you can get it's like prizes at Chuck E. Cheese, you know, like with tickets. Like if you like spend this many tickets, you can get, you know, a blow pop. And if you spend if you get a million tickets, you can get that, you know, Xbox or whatever. Uh, but this was um, all stuff in the Sears catalog. And largely it was uh, he picked out these items that he thought would work, but instructed his agents to let the uh, the operatives browse the catalog themselves. And the stuff that ended up appealing to them is is pretty funny and interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, this also reminded me of uh, Boy Scouts because I spent a lot of summers uh, selling popcorn. That is the far inferior food that Boy Scouts sell. It'll never touch the uh, Girl Scout cookie industry. But when you would sell popcorn, you would get rewarded in these different tiers of stuff, you know? So it's a very good motivator. And I'm not knocking the popcorn. I'm just saying the cookies are awesome and objectively better. Anyway, you're right. It's a brilliant move. And Wyant gets messages back from the field just like as soon as three days later. He's hearing that this uh, Sears concept is a fantastic success. And uh, as a matter of fact, the only thing they change are the recommended products because the stuff Wyant thought people would like was not exactly what they ended up wanting. Uh, when the assets browse the catalogs, they would start requesting, oddly enough, boys' clothing. Like, for instance, uh, one person asked for six boys' size red velvet blazers these th that were vests, blazer vests, with brass buttons. And each of those six vests, which sound pretty snazzy and pretty loud, would be payment for a 20-day mission. Uh, they also asked for, I think, stamped leather cowboy belts. So funny. And well, well, I mean, it, it, to me, immediately the thought that crossed my mind was, aren't they going to be suspicious as hell looking to like, you know, the folks they're trying to hide from? If there's all of a sudden just strutting around in like red velvet blazers, you can't, where do you can't get those in Laos, you know? Uh, certainly not during wartime. Uh, and that, that did end up being a thing that was mentioned. Um, did, didn't get too deep into that in the research, but yeah, it, it was certainly a byproduct of this, that it was, could have put these folks in danger. But yeah, things like, you know, denim jackets, a lot of it was seen like kind of weird cowboy garb and uh, the kind of stuff that like bellhops would wear. It was very interesting. Um, but yeah, but it definitely was a success and it didn't last super long. I think it petered out in around 1967, but it was largely because it was just too dangerous uh, in general for agents to even be doing anything because all these bombing raids were happening much more frequently and it would be difficult to even get the shipments there. Yeah, add to that the fact that the Marines began creating their own intelligence network. So eventually it was, you know, it was a question of redundancy, right? And the Sears system was short-lived, but it was very successful. Our our favorite, uh, <laughs> one of our favorite items that they, that they ordered uh, during this time was a large bra. Uh, Wyant says that this bra was not ordered uh, to be used as clothing, though. Instead, the assets took it and they stuck the bra on this bamboo pole and they used it to harvest breadfruit from the trees. So they kind of made, you know, like those old uh, 
reach and grab pincher things. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, They they kind of made something like that. Uh, And to me, that's cool. That speaks to the MacGyverness of the whole situation. Oh, 100%. I initially pictured them using it as like a windsock, you know, to like see which which way the wind was blowing. Uh, the, the, a lot of these uh, little little more deeper cut uses come from a great article in Atlas Obscura uh, called The American Government's Sears for Spying Payment Plan. Um, so, yeah, Wyant uh, told the New York Times, quote, I thought it was extraordinarily clever at the time, but then he acknowledges that it did pose some security uh, risks um, in hostile zones if you got these uh, agrarian folks um, used to dressing a certain way, all of a sudden rocking cowboy boots and denim jackets. Agreed. And add to this the fact that if we think about it from a spycraft angle, if all of those guys are wearing the same snazzy red brass buttoned vest, then it starts to look very much like a uniform which is uh, not not a good look in this situation. Absolutely not. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, We felt one more thing to add uh, that might, I don't know, I, I think it's just something to think about as everybody is still going through the lockdown which is that the Sears catalog had one other use that was pretty common back in the day, uh, but was not, you know, officially condoned by Sears Roebuck themselves. And it's this, uh, apparently Sears catalog makes for great toilet paper. Yeah. I think it was, you know, not like something to do with the quality of the paper that it was printed on more than the fact that there'd be a new one that would come out every month and you'd have the old one. So you could just tear the pages out and put it in a little bin, you know, in your outhouse or whatever. And then there you go. You don't have to spend money on, I don't know, what was the toilet paper market like back then? I mean, obviously, I don't know. What's the history of mass produced toilet paper? I wonder. That's a great you, hear, idea. You, you hear about things like uh, corn cobs, which is, I don't understand. Eh? I guess because it's textured. Maybe, I, okay, we're getting a little, I don't want to get too gross here. I guess, you know, it, you know, uh, oh God, I'm disgusting myself even thinking about it. Again, let's just picture how you, what the function of using a corn cob would be. Um, and apparently sometimes they were tied to the outhouse with a string, implying that they were supposed to be reused. So I would say that the Sears catalog page is definitely a good alternative to that. But <laughs> do remind me, and, and, and I'll do the same to you, Ben. I think we should look into the, the, the history of mass-produced toilet tissue. Yeah, it's one of the uh, it's one of those industries that hasn't left the United States, which is why uh, so I we're not actually going to run out of toilet paper as a nation. Uh, the weirdest thing here about the the Sears Roebuck catalog and its dare I say commodious use for households across America was that people actually objected to the quality of the catalog improving. Because back in the day, it was black and white paper, but when they started printing color pictures, they had to use a different kind of paper stock, and they got like hate mail about it. Oh, yeah. That'll chafe your, 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 you know, your area. Yeah. I mean, uh, it wouldn't be super comfortable using this the newsprint, but newsprint is a softer paper and the glossy stuff. Uh, you can't even really crinkle that up very anyway. We, we it doesn't have a lot of friction. It, <laughs> Not, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's still yeah. better than a corn cob, I guess. Is is our moral for today? <laughs> That's our takeaway. Better than a corn cob. Ben, I don't know if it's just me and where my mind is right now, but I heard that as corn cob uh, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, we I think we're all a little loopy. But I will tell you, Ben, and I'm, we're not being sponsored by them, but we were in the past. Really happy we got our tushy bidets back when we did because there was a period where I could not find toilet paper and I ran out entirely. And with the tushy bidet... You just need one little square, just a little dab, you know, and then you're clean as a whistle. So highly recommend you guys get one. It's a great way to conserve uh, your toilet paper and and stay uh, fresh and clean, even during quarantine times. Yep, yep. Uh, you can also get on the mailing list for the IKEA catalog. 
if you if you're not if you're not too proud in the restroom. But uh, you know, this episode is a little on the shorter side, but it's such an interesting story and it touches on so many things we're going to explore in the future. I want to thank you for tuning in, ridiculous historians. Uh, we hope that this episode finds you well and finds you, you know, not in corncob level desperation in the restroom. Uh, but yeah, if you we'd like to hear your stories of a strange, strange spy arrangements. Uh, we'd like to hear your stories of the Sears catalog and other bits of odd Americana. You can find us on the internet. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. All the hits, all the good ones, except for a Pinterest page so far. You know, if but what better time than than the quarantines to really dig into that vision board that we once talked about every episode and then uh, uh, very conveniently never mentioned again until right now. Uh, but you know what, Ben? Maybe uh, maybe we should team up on a vision board. I'll do dolphins and unicorns, and you can pick your motive, and we'll we'll come together um, and make something that we can all get behind. Right on. I didn't know. I'm surprised to learn that about you. I didn't know you were a fan of um, dolphins and and unicorns. Is it like all? Uh, all horse-like creatures or just specifically unicorns? Well, I'm mainly into mythical creatures, so my dolphins also need to have some mystical quality to them as well. Don't really care for the real-world ones. More of a Lisa Frank dolphin kind of guy. Okay, yeah, I can get behind that. Maybe throw a selkie in the mix, keep things interesting. I'm sorry, a what? A selkie? S-E-L-K-I-E? Okay, so it's this... Uh, <laughs> we don't have time for this, but it's 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 like a wear seal, basically. They could change it to a seal. They could go on land. It's a whole thing. It, it's worth, you know what? It's worth a read. There's some pretty cool Selkie stories out there. Uh, I'm inspired. I'll try to find something as well. Uh, you know, what What should we put in our vision board? That's a good one. Uh, tell us over at Ridiculous Historians on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us not just as a show, but as individuals here on the old internets. It's true. You can find me in my quarantine adventures, um, which uh, lately have involved a pink and green haired child and things like making tie-dye shirts and uh, homemade lip balm. Yeah, I know. You really got to get creative during these times. Uh, you can find me on Instagram exclusively at how now Noel Brown and you can find me on Twitter at Ben Bolin HSW or at Ben Bolin on Instagram I've been uh, I'm getting into some weird things um, I think by the time I get out of here I'm going to have a uh, Old Testament level beard I forgot how quickly it grows and how red it is if it's so red that even i can tell it's red that thing's like a fire engine on my face so check it out before i shave it well it looks ravishing ben i'm a fan thank you man thank you so much and uh thanks as always of course to alex williams uh i'd like to also uh noel if you're cool with us mentioning this i'd like to give a special thanks to our good irl real life pal ryan lambert who uh, sent us a pretty neat surprise earlier he did, not for this show, but for uh, our show, Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. Ryan um, did a kind of a re-imagining of that theme, um, which you've had for, for many, many, many years, back as, back as far as the YouTube days. Uh, and we're toying around the idea of at least letting folks hear it. And who knows? Who knows what could happen? Uh, all bets are off these days. But yeah, big thanks to Ryan. He actually sent me a, an updated version of it today that I'll send to you. He added a little part and uh, adjusted some mixed stuff. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. Uh, always thanks to Super 
producer Casey Pegram. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis here in spirit. Gabe Luzier, um, our research associate extraordinaire who we are promising uh, and, and will honor that promise to have on the show very soon. Yeah, and also thanks to Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. The Quister. I was talking with him a little bit yesterday. Uh, he says hello to everyone, and he will, of course, return at some point uh, with a scenario. So stay tuned for that. And, and of course, as always, uh, Noel, thanks to you, man. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, man. It's been a pleasure. See you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.